Well, hello everyone and welcome to Peace On. It's so good to see all of you here today. Uh, welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information about from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. We welcome you today. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined to facilitate by Liz Gannon Graydon, who's also on our board, and Yelena Popovich, who is our teaching peace and schools lead and our mindfulness expert at the Peace Alliance. And we're so delighted to see you here today. And our special guest is Pat Tallman. And Pat is an actor, former stunt woman, and amazing person who's been a Peace Alliance advocate for many, many years. We met lobbying and in DC for the Peace Alliance. So it's so nice to have you here today, Pat. Can you unmute yourself and say hello, please? Thank you so much, Sarah. Very sweet. I mean, yeah, the Peace Alliance has been very important to me. I'm very fortunate to be a part of this organization. Yeah, we we were we walked the halls of DC Congress and we knocked did. on doors and had meetings and I remember being in, in a com two conference rooms, one for Congressman Waxman. We had 12 people to meet with his aide. They got us a special room. And the second one was Senator Barbara Boxer when the whole California contingent crowded into this <laughs> little right. teeny conference room. And there, the two aides walked in, eyes as big as saucers going, who are you people? What are you doing here? What can we do for you? <laughs> Right, Frances Fisher was speaking, right? We put her, yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. cool. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> lobbying is fun. For those of you who've never yeah. done it, lobbying is fun. We're coming up yeah. to our annual advocacy days in September. So look for emails about that so you can participate. It's a lot of fun. But before we get to your story, Pat, I'm going to ask Yelena to lead us in a meditation and just get us grounded together. Yelena? Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, wherever you are, what, whatever time it is, where you are, um, I welcome you to this moment. Yeah, so I invite you to find a way to just come into this moment, into your body, um, and whatever that is, if that is um, seated, if you need to lay down, if you want to stand up, whatever um, feels like it will bring you just a moment of groundness and centeredness and presence. You're welcome to close your eyes or gently look down or just any, any way that you find yourself. Welcome to now, yeah. And perhaps just checking in, just checking in internally. What do you need? What do you need? What does your body need right now? Does it need to move? Does it need to notice your breath? Does it need to connect to the earth? Can we just take a moment to listen 
to listen to our body. Just a moment to notice anything that is present. There is discomfort, there is need for adjustment, if there is a need for just noticing your breath. Just welcome it, invite it in for a moment. Not forcing anything to happen. Just bringing awareness only for this moment. You can bring awareness to your body. What is, how does that feel? thousand seconds of the day, many, many. And how many of those do we stop? Listen, our body. Acknowledge it, give gratitude to it. Let this moment be that. Just inviting you to three, take some three breaths, round pace. Three soothing breaths.
come back to the community through your eyes and right movement if that's what your body needs. Yeah, welcome and welcome back. Glad. Think. Um, Pat, you're welcome to start whenever you're ready. Thank you so much. That was just beautiful. Perfect. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I really appreciate your ear. I wanted to tell you about um, the little journey that I've been on. I'm a, I've always been a really physical person living really hard in my body live full out in my body as a dancer as an actor as a stunt woman and i'm used to pushing physical limitations now, now i talk about the five things i've learned as a stunt woman and how you could use it in everyday life i think the biggest topic is for me is fear it's something we all have in common i've developed a very interesting relationship with fear it's very obviously codependent uh, and a dysfunctional <laughs> relationship. Fear and my body have a constant battle going on inside of me, and I had to figure out ways to shut it off. Now, life isn't exact. Life is very messy. My relationship with my body has been very messy. I've been very mean to it, even though it's my partner in this life. I do listen to it. I, I need to in order to do some of the dangerous things I've been asked to do. But I didn't listen when I was asked by my body to stop, heal. I'm exhausted. I wouldn't listen. I've been very abusive to my body. I, um, I think by the, when people ask me, what is the, the stunt that terrifies you most? It has to do with heights, anything having to do with heights. I get that cliche knee knocking thing. You know, I just, I'm terrified. I get queasy on, on escalators. So of course, the most common job I would get were high falls. On a movie that stands out for me called Long Kiss Goodnight starring Gina Davis, I was doubling her. I had the granddaddy of high falls, at least in my book. I was attached to a wire via a harness in the middle of the night of a cold Toronto winter hung over a quarry, quarry, a rock quarry, off a cliff, off of a construction crane. So nightmare scenario for me. The scene was of the the scene of the, the film was lit from below, like the quarry floor was brightly lit. And it made that 80 feet look like a thousand feet. The perspective was nauseating. There is a camera on the floor of the camera of the of the quarry that I was being dropped into. Now I, I'm on a um, a machine called a descender. A descender is was invented by a very famous stuntman named Dar Robinson, and it's designed to let a stunt person fall, do a free fall. Uh, this is before we had CGI and all that stuff, so stunt people really had to do these things. And I was going to be dropped in a free fall situation, and then at a certain height, it's calibrated to kick in and the wire starts to slow you down, hopefully not in a jerky way so that the camera notices any motion or that the spine of the stunt person is effective. <laughs> 
So for me, the, uh, like the worst part of the whole night was just getting into position. So I'm driven up, I'm wearing a harness and uh, Gina in this, in this scene is only wearing a wife beater t-shirt and a leather jacket. It's, it's like 30 below. We're freezing our tits off out there. Uh, they drive me up to the top of the cliff face and I'm sit on the ground. They have attached a wire that is running out my leg at, through my pants. And now they are slowly wrapping the last of that wire on this huge drum. They have to do it by hand because they want to make sure there's no kinks or uh, imperfections in the wire that could lead to it breaking. Once they get me into position, then they have to sort of hold me as this thing gets me into my upside down spider hanging from a web position. There's um, a construction crane and the boom is now over the cliff face and on the top of the, the uh, end of the construction crane is a basket that's been soldered into place for the cameraman. So we're shooting it from both directions. And I am being, uh, what do you call that? Just levered up into my position under that basket. So I'm free, I'm just free hanging, which is, in a way, it's kind of liberating because there's nothing I can do that doesn't rely on any skill whatsoever. The only thing I'm hoping to do is not pee myself because that would go in the wrong direction. This thing finally gets me up into position. The cameraman gets into his position. He was very brave. And then they start to swing that boom out over the quarry floor. It's That was for me, the worst part. And so have you, have you ever been so afraid in a moment that your mind goes blank, that you just stop thinking? That's what happened to me, which was in that case, a blessing. I just went completely calm. There's nothing I can do. Like I said, there's no skill involved. It's just, just me hanging there. I'm along for a ride. This is a, a nightmare sequence for Gina's character. Uh, we had to wait for a few moments for that the crane's motion to stop as it rocks a little bit into place and i'm rocking and i'm also spinning which is making me a little more nauseous than i wish i was in that moment so our director rennie harlan is down at video village on the quarry floor and he's using a megaphone and he starts to talk to me he just says pat i want your mouth open i want you screaming and i said that won't be a problem and now i'm just doing this slow circular motion and the cameraman who we hadn't exchanged two words he's he's focusing on his job he was probably a little terrified too but he did something now I will never forget he just reached down and grabbed my toe to stop my spinning I was like, oh thank you it was the most lovely thing to do then there's that I hear the noise I'm not really it's not reaching my brain but I can hear the noise going on down there and all of a sudden they cut me loose and I'm free falling amazing. The descender kicked in perfectly, slowed me down gently until I'm right over the floor of the quarry and not even, not even touching the camera. I was worried that I might bang into the camera. It was so well done. They were perfect. 
the only thing that was going on was that my nose was bleeding from hanging upside down for so long. And I was worried that the blood might get on the camera and, and, and ruin the take, in which case I would have to do it again. But thank God it didn't. They lowered me slowly to the floor. Took, uh, it actually took like 15 minutes to get all the mechanisms in place to get me back lowered. So I'm laying down on the ground and they could cut me loose off, that, off of that wire. This job came to mind because it was, uh, I had so many, I had so many stunts on that film that were the hardest things I'd ever done in my career. And back in my hotel room with a babysitter was my 18 month old son a single mom. And in those moments, I started thinking, you know, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? What about my baby? Who's going to take care of him if anything happens to me? I don't have parents. They're gone. I don't have any family in California. It really kicked me into considering what I was doing after decades of being a stunt person and never thinking about the damage I was doing to my body or to my psyche. Job after job, I, I was forced to overcome my fear instantly. In real life, we, can, we work with our fear. We, have a we, have, we negotiate with our fear. We're dealing with our fear. But I was on a clock whenever I was on a film. And when they said action, I had to go. So shutting my brain off time after time after time after time, putting my body through stuff it didn't want to go through. I, it's, a, it's like being on a very expensive clock. I sure learned how to take leaps. I learned how to take leaps, shutting off my heart and just taking a leap. This went on, like I said, for years. Knowing now what we know about fear and trauma and the body, I was doing some terrific damage to myself. Uh, and even though I had that inkling at that time, my son's now 27. I didn't quit doing stunts until almost eight years ago. It's really kind of interesting how we learn to, as adults, just keep putting ourselves through things and expecting ourselves to push through these really traumatic moments. Relationships failing, uh, children deciding whether or not to have children, betrayal, getting stabbed in the back by your best friends, you know, typical Hollywood stuff. Uh, finally, in 2013, um, I, I had what I call a breakthrough. It didn't feel like a breakthrough. It felt like a shattering. It was like all this armor that I had built on over my heart, over my body to push through all these things that I'd been pushing through all came off in the same moment. I was like the flayed man from Game of Thrones. You know, I had no skin. It was a gaping hole. I just stood there bleeding and I had no idea how to shut off all the sensory input. There was nothing I could do, but I just kind of laid in bed and cried. I, I, for about a month, I didn't understand language. I couldn't talk. I didn't understand anything anyone tried to say to me. My son, I live with my son. Um, uh, and I, I, I felt bad for him, but there was, I just couldn't do anything. He was old enough. He was 21 by then. I lost 20 pounds. And I think the turning point came when my son called my doctor and they gave me some, they gave me some meds for anti-anxiety, which helped me to sleep. And that's a, that was a turning point for sure. Uh, and then, um, and I don't remember, so, it's such a fuzzy time, but then I had a friend out of the blue, 
out of the blue, haven't talked to her 15, 20 years, called me. She's a minister and she teaches based on the Course of Miracles. She just called me. And I, by this time I was trying to talk again and I was trying to tell her what happened. And she said, oh, how marvelous. Do you know, do you know how lucky you are? I was like, what the hell are you? Do you, do you know how that people try to have these kinds of breakthroughs in their life? And it was gifted to you. Now, I'll, I'll admit, right? I, I thought she was batshit crazy. I, I couldn't make sense out of that at all. Later on, though, it did make sense. I had a couple more friends, two really dear girlfriends of mine, who would get on the phone with me and just listen to me sob. I don't know how they had the patience to do that. But for months, they kind of did that with me. I, the other thing that I was able to do is I crawled into a 12-step program called Al-Anon, which I had been a part of. It's for people who grew up around um, addiction, whether you're, you grew up in an addictive household or you're now married to an addict or you love someone who is an addict. So I, I had a place, I had a room I could crawl into, a community I could kind of crawl into and cry and nobody would, would judge me. I found a woman who I begged to be my sponsor and she, what I said, she was like, Oh, uh, okay. I was such a mess, but one of the benefits of hitting bottom that I could grasp was that I became very teachable. I knew that my best efforts got me into that pit of despair. I was completely clueless at what was going on and how to fix it. I really didn't want to be in charge of my life anymore. So I was perfectly happy to let someone who is further along on the path than me tell me what to do. And I learned some very basic skills that everyone here knows, I'm sure, you know, about meditating, about, about paying attention to your mindset, about putting in the good things, about taking it one step at a time. And don't, don't try to project. I didn't understand any of these concepts in those days. I shook all the time. I cried all the time. But being in those rooms, nobody, nobody minded. It was kind of liberating. I, I wasn't carrying around all that armor. It makes me want to cry just talking about it now. Oof. I knew there had to be a better way. I didn't even know what I meant by that. But I saw other people were... were live in life and they were okay. And so that must be possible. Uh, there's a lot of um, free courses that we can take online now, even then in 2013, there's still free things. People were just getting started with those workshop ideas. And I had been reading um, O Magazine, Oprah's Magazine. Martha Beck was the life coach that they had a regular column. And I loved her. I loved her sense of humor. So I had the wherewithal to kind of find her articles online, which led me to a free online talk she was doing. And through a series of synchronicities and boy, I believe the universe steps in, she became my coach and my mentor. Uh, I, was, I was just so teachable. I was like a big sponge with well, a key thing that she said to me was, you're trying so hard, you need to stop because it's like you're reaching for a feather, but the force of your hand is forcing that feather further away to stop. So when you, when you open up to this path and you admit you need help, the universe meets you on the path. 
as long as you're on the path, even if you're stumbling and puking the entire way, amazing things will happen. Synchronicities will happen. Miracles happen and healing happens. I was the most clueless person on the planet and this could happen for me. <laughs> it can happen for anybody. I, I realized that everything that I had learned as a stunt woman was actually really important. The problem was I hadn't used, learned to use them in the right way. I had worked out my courage muscle. I'd become very resilient. I was great at taking leaps. I just used it to punish myself instead of nourishing myself. I knew how to check in with my instincts, my body, when it came to doing dangerous things, but I wouldn't listen in life. It's very ironic. I had learned how to numb out. And now I needed the courage to look at those habits. I knew my body really, really well, but I refused to listen to it when it told me I needed rest or it was hurting and it needed to heal. I had community in my work, but nobody really had my back in my personal life. Some folks had my back in my professional life, but I didn't let people in. I finally accepted that I couldn't do this alone. And I'd been so stubborn about my autonomy. I think a lot of women are on this path over this past eight years. I have talked to a lot of women and I see, I see how we've learned to operate from, um, I don't, I don't mean this as an insult, but by shutting off a feminine side and, uh, adopting a more masculine attitude, which I certainly was doing as a stunt person, we, we, we knew, we know we have to be so strong, but I think we need to rethink what it looks like. Maybe that's what's going on right now the, in politics with the pandemic. I don't know. I don't have answers. I'm still trying to uh, create a partner with my body. I, I work with my body every day and I'm often mystified by what's going on, but at least I'm in the conversation now. I'm uh, studying trauma. We've got some amazing information out there, the polyvagal theories on trauma. And I'm sharing it with my community in Patreon where we, we are focusing on personal growth. I mean, I'm so grateful for this community that we have. We can have these kinds of conversations and people not look at you like you're crazy. We can be authentic and everyone just kind of holds space. We're messy. We're supposed to be messy and perfect creatures who fail a lot. That's the only way you succeed. And that is not the conversation we're used to having in America. So I, I'm honored that I am a part of this community here with the Peace Alliance. I haven't been able to participate as much as I've maybe want to, or maybe it's just timing. But I, I think you are all so lucky to be here and you're lucky that you have people around you that get it and support your journey. Um, and I'm just uh, really grateful to be here today and to, to share some of my thoughts. I hope it's an interesting jumping off place for you. Take that leap, right? Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure indeed. Liz, Yelena, would one of you like to frame an inquiry? I will attempt to type it into the chat for us. Don't both jump uh, 
I can start. I don't know, Liz. Do you do you want to? Well, I was really just going to kind of summarize what you had said yesterday, unless you'd like to say it. Go ahead. Um, Go when, ahead. We were, yeah. when we met with Pat last night, the thing that came up is, um, you know, as educators, we talk about those teachable moments. But one thing that Yelena brought up that I love that you acknowledged too, Pat, is that in order to be teachable, you have to be willing to unlearn the things you think you already know. Right. And and Yelena tapped into the wisdom of your body, which is what one of your friends said. Right. The first people you enter. Right? There was a wisdom to your body shutting down. You needed to unlearn so many things so that you could start fresh to apply the same lessons, but in this beautiful, expansive way. So I think what we'd like to ask you to think about, as many of us are are had this time when we all had to shut down. Right. Pat talks about having that personal shutdown you know, the globe has shut down in many ways. And I think we've been looking at things that haven't working and giving a lot of thought to those things that we need to unlearn so we can rebuild something different. So as you move into the groups, what we'd ask you to think about is whether in your personal life or what you observe in kind of the systems that we're living in, what are some of the things you think we need to unlearn so that we can build really the vision of what we're looking for or what Wonderful. we think might, yeah. Wonderful, thank you. So just a, a few reminders about our agreements. When you, and we're going to go into breakout rooms. We want you to listen with your heart and to speak from your heart and to say just enough and to trust that the right things that you want to say will come forward and keep confidentiality after the breakouts, we'll come back together. But um, if there's anything that is truly confidential, that doesn't need to be shared. The essence can be shared without being specifically personal. And we do want you to consider everything that Pat shared and consider the inquiry and have that be the topic of your conversation in the breakout rooms. So I'm gonna pause the recording. And yeah. And I, it's on, it's on the web and everything. All right, welcome back, day. everyone. It's good to see you. So, I am, I'm making up that that was a really rich conversation. Who would like to share? You can unmute yourself and share. Um, I can share. Great. I'm just, you know, I just saw the email and I've been curious about Peace Alliance for a while. I work with the National Network Opposing Militarization of Youth. We're a network of diminishing organizations because of COVID. That groups of a number about 60 right now nationally that go into schools and do what they call counter recruitment, try to offer alternatives for young people to not join the military as opposed to joining the military for the benefits and opportunities they portend to promote. So we have an office in what's called the Peace Campus, and that's peacecampus.org. Uh, there we share with three historical peace churches, Church of the Brethren, uh, the Mennonites, and the Quakers. And also is located there on uh, the U American Friends Service Committee, uh, U.S.-Mexico Border Project that deals with uh, border issues here in San Diego, Tijuana. 
and the Peace Resource Center and the Project on Youth and Non-Military Opportunities. So we're Sounds kind like of a wonderful work, Gary. I'm very pleased to hear about it. I would like to hear though from some of the breakout rooms based on the conversation that we had and the inquiry that we sent people out thinking about, if anybody would like to share. May I jump in? Please. Uh, I, I'm kind of a first time person here, but uh, it okay. was very, thank you. And uh, very, very, very fascinated to hear what uh, uh, Ms. Talbot uh, had to offer. Uh, it's it's incredible when, when you talk about pushing away your fears and, and uh, you know, going forward and, and just running through that, uh, but also becoming teachable. We were talking about, you know, how important it is to become teachable. And uh, I was sharing with a lady who was studying Buddhism and talking about the self and how the, you know, the ego gets in the way and, and the individual always gets it. <laughs> we we got to get away out, out in front of ourselves from, from stopping our own selves from, from, you know, learning how to become teachable, learning how to heal and everything else. But, you know, it struck me that you can't really <clears throat> even become teachable until you just become aware of yourself and, you know, learn how to analyze yourself and learn how to... Uh, I guess be self-aware and understand what you're doing, why you're doing these things, and even your impact on others. We don't often even notice our impact on, on others. You know, we just blindly go through, at least I did when I was younger, <laughs> just blindly go through life, crashing our way through, you know, and then you kind of have to, years ago, I started at night um, just saying, okay, what happened today? What did I do today? How did I affect people? And then, you know, you realize, geez, I had a bunch of really cringeworthy moments <laughs> throughout the day. And then you try to have uh, less and less of those as you go forward. But uh, that's that's kind of the the, the 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 gist of what we went through in our conversation and talking about trying to identify the self first and then become teachable. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Richard. Thank you. Who else would like to share? I guess I will. The uh, group I was in, we, uh, we had a Kenyan, the Canadian, two Americans. And we discussed the different dynamics of how COVID is uh, causing people to go through a lot of fear of isolation yeah. in our daily lives and how it's being handled in our respective areas or countries. So we had a good discussion on that and appreciate a great deal uh, Pat's sharing of uh, dealing with fear and you know, the experiences she went through in the past in, uh, in having to listen to your body and you know, work through it. And uh so anyway, that's uh, all I'll have to say on that so someone else can have their say. Thank you so much, Steve. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it is very interesting when you think of the different global, cultural, social, political impacts this has had on all of us. Who else would like to share? I'll jump in. Thanks, uh, Bill. Uh, you know, we had a, 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 a robust conversation, but I, one of the things that I particularly enjoyed in Patricia's share was it gave me an opportunity to consider changes of perspective. Mm -hmm. That, that uh, you know, when she shared with her mentor said, you know, how marvelous that you got to experience that. Mm -hmm. And you know, before getting up to that point, I, I'm, you know, as she said, that was not something she would not have been able to look at it from that perspective. And then so in, in our little breakout session, uh, you know, I shared something that's been going on with me uh, currently. And one of 
my breakout members went like, oh, that could be a good thing, you know? And it was like, huh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I have not, it might have taken me a long time to get to that consideration. So there were there were a couple of there are a couple of things that Patricia shared, and particularly the, the image of the pushing the feather away. That mm. you know there, there are things that I've taken from the conversations today of what what resonated with me, and uh, I've written a couple of things out, and what can I put in my toolbox, and how can I apply to it not to things that have occurred in the past, but maybe help that I can use it for today. Mm. and tomorrow so thank you wonderful thank you bill can i chime in real quick terry because i i wanted to say that my that martha beck also said to me that what if the universe is always a benevolent place what if everything happens in a benevolent way and that, that you are meant to take that perspective i don't know it's just interesting isn't it yeah Jennifer, you're off mute. Did you want to share? Yes. Um, I was connected with Richard and Jean. Mm -hmm. And we discussed how we were. Richard discussed knowing Pepe, the man who walked across the old World Trade Center towers before oh. they came down. Mm -hmm. And um, how he's now living in Florida. I said I was the Queen's girl. He said, oh, well, I'm from watching. I go, it's improved since you left and somewhat. And he's like, yeah, so where are you from? I go, I'm from Bellrose. And he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, my town is famous for being two counties, one town. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so we discussed about trying to find a job or trying to help others. Um, he used to work at the UN, so that was nice. Very good. Well, thank you, Jennifer. I think we have time for one more share before we close the call. Is anybody? I'd like to jump in. Wonderful. Claire? Claire, is that you? Yeah, sorry, I'm actually here. So I'm going to have to share on his because I've got to oh, okay. try to share on mine. Yeah, it's, it's tough when you have two in one room. It doesn't work well. <laughs> um, I really identified with what Patricia said about the importance of knowing yourself and listening to yourself. Mm. Um, I've One of the things I did during the pandemic was do some therapy sessions with my mom. Mm. In those therapy sessions, I realized that so many of us really have no idea why we make the decisions we do. And mm. there are just a lot of subconscious impulses and beliefs that um, really drive us and we're just unaware of them. And it's so important to learn to discover those so that you can be more in charge and um, just of your life rather than letting these your fears and these unknown things push and pull you in all different directions. So true. Thank you so much for sharing that, Claire. All right, we're going to start to come to a close here. I'm putting a bunch of links in the chat um, to tell you a little bit about the Peace Alliance. The Peace Alliance has a mission to empower civic action for a culture of peace. Also a link to our Peace On podcasts. For those of you who are here today and not listening to the podcast, 
and a link on the webpage to our Hope Story Circles so you can share it with other people to invite them to join us. It's also a link to the Blueprint for Peace. Um, it's an action you can take to notify all of your state and federal elected officials with one motion that you support policy in the areas of violence reduction and peace building. We are a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size, most especially our monthly donors, our peace partners that are providing sustainable income for us. And the calendar of events, we have a lot of events coming up, especially in, in September. September is our annual advocacy days in alignment with the International Day of Peace. Also beginning in September, Kathy Kidd, our national field director is starting, instead of just having a once monthly call, she's doing an event every Tuesday different things so check out the calendar so you can see what's going on it's going to be really fun some really enriching nourishing positive and uplifting things that you can share with the community so that that's my little list of links and liz would you like to close it out for us i really would i i'm going to try to link together something that happened to me this week that i've been trying to figure out all week with something with patricia's story and the beginning of this week, I, I, you know, I have two sons and my husband, we always try to sit down and watch television together and it's hard. And there's a show we've been trying to watch called Sweet Tooth, if any of you heard it, it's on Netflix. And a couple of months ago, we saw episode one and we've been trying to get it to see the next episode. And so last Sunday night, we said at nine o'clock as a family, we're sitting down and we're watching episode two of Sweet Tooth. So I was finishing up and I was watching a show and there was a commercial and I said, I'll be out in five minutes. And the commercial was, it was a big truck commercial. And it said something about, this is the summer of torque. And I thought torque is such an interesting word. Right. And I said, I, our family plays Scrabble a lot. And I said, that's a great Scrabble word. I want to remember to use that next time I play Scrabble. And we came out and we turned on the second episode of Sweet Tooth. And about 10 minutes in, two of the characters are playing Scrabble and you look down at the board and the word torque was on the board. And it wasn't part of the story. They don't refer to it. And I thought, that's just too much of a coincidence. Like that has to mean something and it caught my attention. And so I was meeting with some friends in the city and I, and I couldn't figure it out. And one of them said to me, Liz, you're torque. She said, you're the torque. She said, all the time you use your power, right? It's that twisting power, that ability to turn things in a different direction and, and use your power that way. And when you're telling your story, Patricia, I was thinking of that, how you have used your power to take all those skills, all those things you knew, right? But turn it in a different direction. And I thought that's, I guess that's kind of the invitation I want to give you, right? We all have that power. We all have that force, right? And I'd invite us to look for occasions in the next couple of weeks or moving forward, where when can we take our power and use it to shift or turn things in a direction that's maybe, like you said, more positive. If we turn this to what if this is benevolent, as Bill referred to, right? What if there's another way of looking at this and just using our power to turn things and kind of become the torque in the situation? So that's kind of how I want to leave you with. We're getting ready to, um, I'm mindful of the time. And I want to thank, really, Patricia, for your powerful story. As always, I want to thank Terry and Yelena for holding this space with me. And invite you to look for opportunities to kind of be the torque in the situations that you find yourself entering. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Pat, do you have any final words you'd like to share? 
Uh, I'm just really grateful to be here. And I'm, thank you so much for asking me. And you guys are all so interesting. I, I can't wait to, you know, do share more next time. <laughs> See you thank there. you so much. Everyone feel free to unmute yourself and say goodbye. Thank you for this conversation today, Patricia and uh, Terry and everyone. Liz, Yelena. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you. so much. Thank you thank all. You. Thank you, Patricia, for your time. Have a good week. Thank you, everyone. So grateful. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.